0: Welcome to Wholesome Health for Youth Podcast, where I'm introducing young generations to holistic traditions. I'm Julia Dolgorova, your host, and this is episode eight. Welcome back, or welcome. If you're new here, I hope you guys are doing well. Um, before we get into this week's episode, as usual, I wanted to catch you guys up on my week. So, um, I've just been going to school and work, and that's been great. And my brother, Nikita, um, left for Hawaii. I think I mentioned this in um, last week's episode, but he's going to be there for two years, and I don't even know, like, when I'm going to see him next. So, that's been kind of making me a little bit upset, you know, because, I don't know, I I love my brothers a lot, and I'm going to miss him a lot, so. But um, I told him that maybe when I graduate high school next June... Me and my parents could go on a trip to Hawaii and visit him, and it would also be, like, my um, graduation trip, you know? So I think it'll be fun. And then my other brother, Andre, he's in training um, to become a ranger in the Army, and I basically won't be able to talk to him until the end of November, so a pretty long time. He's literally in the middle of the woods, and um, that's, like, where his training is. He doesn't have any type of, like way of there's no way for us to contact him we can't even write him letters because there's no address to address it to because he's literally in the middle of nowhere but um having our new cat lucy has been really helpful because you know she keeps me company she's my sister now so although like at 2am she gets a burst of energy and starts jumping all over me and scratches me through the blanket and she does this literally for 30 minutes and last night, she had two bursts of energy. She got the zoomies twice at, like, 12 o'clock at night and then in 2 in the morning. She had these bursts of energy. It was it was really crazy, but <laughs> I'm just trying to keep it together, you know? Yeah, so my mom's friend told us that maybe if we wet her tail, like, just at the end, um, when she's, like, kind of being restless, she'll keep licking it and um like trying to clean it and it'll make her tired and she'll fall asleep I just don't know how I'm supposed to like wet her tail in the middle of the night there's no way I'm getting up because um you know it's the middle of the night and I have school the next day so I don't want to wake up um so yeah it's been a fun week but she's really cute and that's all it's worth it to me it's all worth it because she's so cute even if she wakes me up But when she gets tired after her late-night zoomies, she'll lay down on my pillow, like, right by my head and sleep. And it's so cute. So when I wake up in the morning, she's right there laying by my head. She's so cute. Oh, and in my creative writing class, we're writing children's books. And my book is based on the short story I wrote um, called Ami Lee and the Forest of Imaginary Friends. I shared that story on the podcast um, a few episodes back. It's pretty short. I think it's, like, ten minutes or something. But we have to write it on paper and create illustrations and stuff. So I'm watercoloring all the illustrations and it's been a lot of fun today. Um, I handed it in, um, in the, for my project, like I handed it in, in my creative writing class and my teacher was so happy because it looked like an actual book and, um, yeah, I don't know. I think it turned out really well. Oh, and then yesterday when I was, uh, I was sleeping over at my friend's house And in the early morning, my parents went to pick mushrooms, and when my dad was little and he lived in Ukraine, his grandma taught him how to, like, differentiate mushrooms, so he knows, like, uh, the good mushrooms from the bad mushrooms, and he knows what all the different sorts and varieties are, and so they brought home five buckets full of mushrooms, and... Mind you, a bucket is five gallons, so it's a lot of mushrooms. And now we're um we're trying to can some of them, uh, freeze some, and dehydrate some. And it's been really cool. My dad ordered a dehydrator online, and I'm so excited for it to come, so we can dehydrate apple slices and anything else really, like fruits and vegetables. But for now, um he made like a DIY dehydrator, and he made a box like a he took a cardboard box. And then he put a fan and a heater next to it so that it, like, blows warm air and it dries out the mushrooms. But, yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, what else? Um, oh, next Friday is homecoming. And my dress came in the mail. And I'm super excited. So, it fits really cute. Like, it fits really good. It's really cute. It's, uh, like, a blush pink color. And the sleeves are fluffy. But it's, uh, it's pretty flowy. Like, it looks like a fairy dress and I love it. It's really cute. So yeah, that's what's been going on. That's um, how my week has been so far. I hope you guys had a good week. <laughs> okay, now we're going to get into the actual juiciness of this episode, starting off with a simple switch. The simple switch for this week is kind of pretty basic in general, but I do think it's important. And the simple switch is reusable product. So a lot of landfills and oceans and just land in general are full of one-time use products and packagings and we should be caring for our earth not trashing it so it's important to switch um just basic things like that even if they're small things in your life they do make a big difference so from plastic water bottles to reusable water bottles or from one-time use straws to reusable straws or packaging it's better to buy food without a package or bag than to buy something in a plastic bag And plus, many things that are packaged are heavily processed, so it's better to just stay away from that altogether. So yeah, okay, that's it for the simple switch. It's pretty simple, um, you can leave it up to your imagination, you know, don't use products that have plastic packaging on them, don't buy one-time use products, um, try to reuse everything that you can, um, to just, you know, give back to the earth and stuff. Okay, so for this week's episode, we are going to talk about the fall garden. So what grows well when fall comes, what plants are frost-hardy, and what flowers to plant um, for them to bloom in the spring. So for that, for what uh, flowers to plant, um, really anything that comes in a bulb. So um, they're not from seed, but they're from bulbs. Those flower bulbs, you want to plant them um, in the fall. So they overwinter, and then they come back in the spring. You just want to put a lot of mulch on top of them once you dig them in the ground, make sure they're facing the right way. Um, so yeah, that's that's a pretty simple one. Uh, when I started my fall garden, the first thing I thought about is what we are actually going to eat from the harvest. A lot of the time, I'll grow like a ridiculous amount of a crop that my family doesn't actually like that much. Like one year, I, grow, I grew two five-gallon buckets of tomatillos And nobody in my family liked tomatillos. So I, like I thought maybe I'll make some salsa. But I forgot the buckets outside when we went to vacation and they all turned to mush. But the chickens did love them. So that was good. But tomatillos are a summer crop. But trust me, there are plenty of fall crops that maybe don't fit your your taste. Or um, just they're not reliable in your area. So it's important to plan um, what you're going to grow in the garden. the fall and what you're actually gonna enjoy and eat then i i cleared summer crops that were past their prime like the tomatoes um the zucchinis and basically everything else that was in there i tilled up the soil and added some natural organic fertilizer and some compost since the crops uh, of the summer pull a lot of nutrients out of the soil it's important to feed your soil if you want to do multiple like rounds of crops and grow in multiple seasons Um, Then I collect all the seeds I plan on planting. So here are some crops that grew well in the fall. um, And some things that are important to keep in mind in order for the plant to grow to its full potential. First is uh, root vegetables. So root vegetables are um, things like carrots or radishes, turnips, beets, stuff like that. Anything that uh, when you grow them, you mostly eat the root. So you can, of course, eat the carrot top, but mostly you eat the root. Uh, root vegetables like to be planted into warm soil but mature under cold conditions and um, like when temperatures get cooler root vegetables have the ability to convert starch into sugar so i'll get more into that later in the episode but radishes won't be as spicy but rather more sweet if you grow them in the fall there's also this thing called bolting Uh, bolting is the biggest problem when it's summertime Um, the plant you grow will put out like a vertical growth that is covered in flowers and like seeds, it's like a little, a little stem, and this happens before the vegetable is ready to be harvested, and it results in a crop that is practically inedible, like if it's lettuce, it tends to be bitter and rough, and uh, root vegetables, they get woody and kind of bitter, they just don't taste as good. I direct to sell radishes. You don't want to buy radish starts. I once saw a farm actually, like a garden store, selling radish starts and I thought that was just ridiculous. Any root vegetable should be direct seeded. They don't need to be put into containers. They don't like containers. They feel the restrictment from a container even if they are transplanted after being taken out of the container, they still feel restricted and they won't grow as well. Plus, it's so easy to just direct sow radishes. I just make holes with my finger, and I drop a seed or two, and then I cover it with soil, and if I find two radishes right next to each other, um, and, like, they're not going to grow well together, then you just thin them out, cut one radish plant out, leave one standing, and that's it. <laughs> like, it's pretty easy, and radishes grow pretty fast, so... Another root vegetable is carrots. They grow well in the fall, but they need loose, airy, and lightly, slightly sandy soil. I grow my carrots in grow bags because it makes for an easier harvest. But you can also grow um, carrots directly in the soil depending on how your soil is. My soil in PA is terrible. It's clay and rocky, so you can't really grow root vegetables in it. Mostly all root vegetables need airy, loose soil in order, in order to be able to grow. A large root but carrots can grow deep into the soil even if they have or carrots can grow deep into the soil if they have the right conditions because if they don't have the right conditions they don't grow very deep and you just get little tiny carrots and beets are good too to grow in the fall but I've never really had a successful beet I don't know if the soil um, in my raised beds maybe doesn't have enough like amenities in it or if they don't like the weather conditions in PA, I've just never grown a beet that's bigger than like a golf ball. It's pretty sad actually. I do try every year, but they aren't great. They have never been great. But yeah, this year I planted them in the end of the summer, so hopefully they grow stronger in the fall weather. Who knows? I guess, I guess we'll find out. I'll update you guys about my beets. When I first started gardening, um, I thought that radishes, I thought that radishes should grow like in the summer and for a few years i planted them in the summer and i got terribly spicy and bitter radishes they were tiny but the leaves were large and then i decided that maybe i should google how to grow radishes (laughs) you know try to actually find out the right way to do it and the next year i planted them in the early spring when it was still chilly outside and they grew amazing so it's important to research how plants grow best what conditions they need to grow best Even though it's also important to experiment with plants and just like see if you could figure out what works best for you. Because each region um, is different. So this brings me to the next plant, which is lettuce. Lettuce grows in the sun, but when it's too hot outside, like in the summer, it bolts and you can't really do anything with it. So I recommend growing it in the spring and in the fall. The only thing that I don't like about lettuce is that the only way you could really eat it is fresh. There really isn't, really isn't any way to preserve it. If you freeze it, it's going to be mushy, but I guess you could like use it in smoothies. I don't know if people put lettuce in smoothies, and like you can't ferment it, you can't can it because that would like you you wouldn't use that for anything and dehydrated lettuce doesn't sound too appetizing either. so yeah, I don't think I don't think preserving lettuce is possible, but when I plant lettuce, I just direct sow the seeds in rows, and the seeds are fairly small, so it's hard to plant, like, single seeds. You can just kind of sprinkle it. You could also start seeds, like, uh, plant seedlings, uh, start the seeds indoors, but I just don't find it necessary, because lettuce grows really fast. Um, a fall green that is great, and grows much better in cold weather than lettuce, is kale. Kale thrives in cool temperatures, and actually is more flavorful when it gets a little chilly in the summer kale bolts again and loses its flavor instead it gets bitter in the summer um that's the type of flavor that it is it's bitter but spring and fall is when is like when kale grows best and it's what kale prefers kale is in the brassica family and for those of you who don't know the brassica family includes cabbage broccoli cauliflower turnips radishes kale chard and brussels sprouts, I think that's it. And many of these vegetables and greens react to cold conditions by turning starch to sugar, as I said earlier, Um, and kale will even do great with a light frost, but it can't survive extremely cold weather unless it has a cover on it or like a cold frame. Kale will survive through the winter, though, if you mulch it, but it won't like grow, it'll just stay alive, but when spring comes, it produces new growths and it gets really huge. It gets like a jump start, you know. Um, kale likes full sun, but it will tolerate some partial shade. But plants that get less than six hours of sun daily will not be as um, like leafy or like strong and stocky as those that get more sun. Um, you can honestly direct sow seeds, or you can grow or buy some starts um, for kale and just go from that. But the next plant um is cabbage. If you want to start cabbage from seed, uh start the seeds in mate, mid to late summer so that you har- your harvest comes um in the fall. Again, with a frost or two, cabbages get better, stronger flavor. Um sometimes you need to be careful about um overwatering cabbages, but that's because cabbages can swell from uh, water and like burst they crack and then they don't last as long in storage although you could use them for sauerkraut still um it's just better not to over water them or just watch them but when they crack pests have easier access to them like to the inside so you need to harvest um quickly if the cabbages burst um there are lots of pests and bugs that will destroy cabbages but i find that sprinkling some diatomaceous earth over the cabbages Um, like over the leaves and stuff it helps a lot but water deactivates diatomaceous earth so you need to reapply after rain or after watering the plant. Okay the last vegetable I'm going to talk about before we move on is potatoes. I also grow potatoes in grow bags but they can grow in raised beds if you have good loose soil um, or directly in the ground if you have good loose soil. Um, They like some sand in the soil too. Uh, Potatoes from the grocery store are sprayed with chemicals that stop them from producing tubers. Uh, Tubers are where the potato plant grows from and later produces more potatoes. But since the potatoes from the store don't produce tubers, you can't use them as seed potatoes. Sometimes um, if you can get organic potatoes, they aren't sprayed with this chemical, but it, it really isn't guaranteed. Or maybe you can get potatoes from a farmer's market. Anyways, you get the potato and you cut them in fourth, in fourths so that each fourth has at least one knot or like tuber thing. They're like the little indentations, the little spots on the potatoes. Then I usually get some egg cartons and I put the potato pieces in the little egg compartments in the egg carton. You leave the cut area um, facing upwards and you put it into the sun and you leave it in the sun uh, for a few days until it coats the um, like the part where you cut, um, it coats it in this like leathery, starchy um, coating, and it protects it from rotting. And then after a few days, you will see the tubers start growing and the leathery coat appears on the places that were exposed from cutting the potatoes. Then you plant them in the soil. You plant them pretty deep, um, maybe like three quarters of a foot down, and you cover it with soil. And as the potatoes start to grow, and the greens come up you want to add a hill of hay around the base stem sometimes potatoes can grow up closer to the surface of the soil and if they get exposed to sun they turn green and green potatoes have something called um, solanin in them which can cause bad digestion discomfort and actually worse um, if you consume consume solanin in high quantities it could actually cause paralysis, but potatoes usually don't have enough solanine to cause paralysis. Anyways, just heal your potatoes with compost or hay and you won't have any issues. <laughs> Ideally, you should hill them every like two weeks or so. So yeah. Okay, that's going to be it for specific crops. I wanted to tell you guys about some varieties that are good. Now, they are special storage varieties of crops that can last a very long time in cold storage without rotting. But not every variety is a storage variety, so it's important to seek out specifics if you want crops to store over the winter. Um, good storage varieties for carrots um, are Oxheart, Interceptor, Napoli, and Dulciva. Oxheart carrots will store for 90 days, and they are pretty large. Interceptor carrots are slender and orange, and uh, Napoli carrots are very sweet. And the the Dulceva is what's called the super keeper because it stores for so long. Um, To store carrots, though, um, what you can do is if you have a large fridge, uh, you get a crate and you put about an inch of clean soil on the bottom. Then you put down a layer of carrots trying to make sure that they don't touch each other. And then you add more soil to cover the carrots and you can continue layering um, the soil, the carrots, the soil, the carrots, (laughs) and you put the crate in a cold area like a fridge or a root cellar or a basement, and they'll last for the winter. They'll last for a pretty long time. You do want to make sure not to wash the carrots when you harvest them, um, and you take the greens off, but you don't cut off the carrot tops, and don't store carrots that have rotten spots, have been punctured or cracked, or have bugs eating on them. Um, you could also use this method for beets, but radishes are too delicate, and they won't store this way. Um, radishes can be fermented though and they turn out pretty delicious when fermented so I highly recommend. Now to store kale, um, you don't really have many options when it comes to keeping it fresh. Um, I only I only store it like in other ways. I, it doesn't really keep well fresh. You can ferment it or like chop it up and freeze it. You could use it in soups and smoothies if you end up freezing it. Maybe you could even, like, dehydrate it and use that for for soups and smoothies, like the dehydrated kale. Oh, you can make kale chips, too, in the dehydrator, which would taste really good and preserve the kale. For cabbages, you can store them whole in the fridge for a pretty long time. Um, The outer leaves might rot and mold, but you just pull those off and use the inside. Just taking off, like, two layers of leaves will usually do the trick. And, of course, you can make sauerkraut or freeze-shredded cabbage to use in soup, but I just, if I want to put cabbage in soup and I don't have any cabbage, I'll just add sauerkraut to soup. And it adds extra veggies and it gives it really good flavor. It turns out delicious. Um, And potatoes can be easily stored. When you harvest them, you have to make sure not to wash them either and leave them out to dry in a shady place for a few days. Um, This dries out the moisture uh, on the skin. It, It prevents molding. Then I just put the potatoes in a brown paper bag or you can put it in a crate and keep them in a... Cool area. You can't use the soil method to store because the potatoes will start to grow and, and produce plants, which you don't want. When storing a crop uh, in its fresh form, you need to try your best to keep it from mice, although inevitably they'll probably get in, but you can keep it pretty minimal. Keeping crates off the floor and keeping the area clean is usually just what I like make sure happens, you know? Okay, um, I think next I'm going to talk about climate zones or hardiness zones and microclimates. So each place in the world um, has a climate zone and it's very important when it comes to gardening. There are five main climate zones, uh, tropical rainy, dry, um, mild humid, snowy forest, and polar. There are also smaller hardiness zones and there's 13 of these. Number one is the coldest and number 13 is the hottest. So it's one to 13 and everything in between. You can search to find out the hardiness zone in your area. Um, just for some perspective, Alaska is zone one. and Puerto Rico and parts of Hawaii are zone 13. Then each number comes with either an A or a B, depending on um, a five degree difference. I think it's five degrees. Uh, this is what helps gardeners find out, find out what grows best in their area um so it's a good idea to know what your zone is so you can grow the best crops for your area some plants um, even grow best in certain zones and some are specific to a zone for example i know that our fall is chilly but fairly mild while in arizona their main growing season is fall winter and sometimes spring since it's far too hot for anything to grow in the summer it really just depends where you live and also um With time and practice, you'll learn what grows well, where you live, and what doesn't grow well. There's also microclimates. Now microclimates are um, the climate of a specific restricted area. For example, the microclimate under a shady tree is different than an area that gets full sun. And through your own land, you have different microclimates. I live in an area of land, we have an acre of land and I know that in the back of my backyard there is a strip of like wetland meaning like there's a lot of bamboo that grows there and plants that thrive in very moist areas and water tends to just sit there and is under trees so it's cool it's pretty chilly but in the middle of my backyard there's a bit of a hill and the middle of my backyard is the top of the hill and it's very dry because the water goes down um back towards the back of the backyard and that's where we have patches of dry grass right in the middle of the backyard, and the microclimate is dry. And depending, where the, depending on where the sun hits, and many other factors, microclimates are different. And you could take advantage of this. Um, in the summer, I grow lettuce in parts of my backyard where the microclimate is more shady and cool, keeping the lettuce from bolting and keeping the lettuce from going bitter. But when it's chilly outside, and I want my crops to have some warmth, I plant in a microclimate that's more sunny and less windy it doesn't always have um like a great effect it doesn't always make a huge difference but even a little change in degree can greatly affect a plant and there's a lot of plants that can grow well in the fall um depending on where you live and you can get a lot of production of food um from growing in the fall okay uh I think that's going to be it for this week's episode I hope you guys enjoyed follow the podcast on instagram at wholesome health for youth podcast and let me know what you thought of this week's episode next week we're going to do a homesteading episode so stay tuned to find out what it's going to be all about see you guys next week bye guys